Welcome to the I'm Done Apologizing podcast, where we're creating a community of women who advocate and empower. I'm Michelle, and I'm so glad you're joining me. This week, we're talking about supporting our girls who are going through bullying situations. And this topic was requested by a loyal listener and friend, so I'm excited to explore this topic and provide some tips for you to help whatever girls or children are in your life. Stick around. Bullying. So that's been around forever, right? We've talked about that in episode 23 about dealing specifically with female bullying And I unpack a little bit on the differences between female bullying and male bullying or boys, you know, being bullies in that episode. So if you haven't remembered or if you haven't already or you want to have a refresher, go back to episode 23, take a listen. uh, And that's where I talk about bullying a little bit more. Specifically, though, I want to talk about bullying as it exists for our young girls in, you know, later elementary years or middle school and high school years. Those are the years, I mean, and really even like our college students, right? Like bullying is happening at all the levels, but I'm talking about our younger girls, the ones who don't have the social maturity or intelligence yet to understand what's going on if it's happening to them right? If it's happening to them. And so this is really from that lens of those victims or the folks that are on the receiving end of that bullying. Now, I'll touch a little bit on if your child is is exhibiting the bullier uh, habits a little bit, but this is more from the lens of the person who's receiving it, the victim in these situations. So You know, it's really easy. I found a great article on psychology today. I'll link it in the show notes so you can go and take a look at it if you're interested in in it again or in reading the article. Sorry. But if you, um, you know, if you know much about bullying, you know that with girls and with females, it is relationally driven. Bullying is relationally driven. You will not see a whole lot of the physical bullying that we associate with boys, right? Shoving into lockers, stealing their lunch, those kind, you know, tripping them in the hallway, those kinds of things. We don't see that in the girls uh, like we see in the boys. In the girls, we see things that are much more um, passive, not passive, but really like under the radar. It is about... Um, you know, sitting at the table together. Oh, I saved a seat for you. But then tomorrow, oh, this seat's not for you. I saved that one for Susie. Right? So like the confusion between why was it saved for me yesterday, but now it's not saved for me. Or excluding them from parties or play dates or, you know, just things that groups are going to. And specifically talking about those activities around other girls who are not invited. Right? It's about the mocking, the teasing, the calling of names, you know, threatening friendships. I won't be your friend anymore if you don't go tell that boy that he's cute. 
or if you don't give me um that lip gloss that you're wearing right over like just things that are so um trite and arbitrary like threatening friendship you know silent treatment classic girl bullying stuff um the the rumor spreading or the gossip about a girl is another classic think about you know mean girls the the show mean girl or the movie mean girls um those are spot on examples the burn book right that they have in that movie is that whole gossip piece um you know, saying things that are mean, but then it's like, oh, I was just kidding. That's just a joke. Ha ha. Right. They're avoiding blame or they're avoiding um, taking responsibility for being mean. And really for those uh, girls or children or, you know, students who are old enough for technology and social media, that it happens there as well, right? Text messages, DMs on Instagram, Snapchat, because it goes away, right? Those are places where folks will post things or type them and try to embarrass other people. So the question becomes, should I intervene? I'm an adult in this person's life. I might be the parent. I might be the aunt. I might be a teacher. I might be a volunteer leader. Um, I might just be a friend of the family. And you're seeing uh, a change in behavior. You're seeing or hearing about some of these things that I just described happening to the person that you love and care about. So the question is, should I intervene? as an adult and make things potentially worse or should I let them figure it out on the, their own? This article, and I 100% agree with it, says you absolutely intervene, 100%. Stick your nose in their business, right? And why are we doing that? Because they are not socially and emotionally intelligent enough and this is not a slam at them. Their brain hasn't figured this out. They're not developed enough yet to know that what is going on to them and around them is wrong and inappropriate and hurtful to not only them, but the folks who are doing it and the folks who are observing it silently and not saying anything out of fear. So you absolutely should inter intervene right? Um, you need to also help her, teach her or him to recognize the signs for bullying behaviors. All the things that I just described are things that you need to make sure she is understanding are not okay behaviors to be receiving or to be doing if you're hearing her talk about doing it to others on the bus, on the playground, in the lunchroom, whatever, you know, in the, the activities. That those things are not okay behaviors and teach them what those things are. When you hear them talking about it, when you see it on a TV show, when um, it's in a book, pause in those moments as you're able and remind her that those are not okay behaviors to accept, that those are not okay behaviors to do, and those are not okay behaviors to be quiet about. Right? There's three roles here. 
the more that you are educating her on these behaviors, she will be able to recognize differently, faster, and more consciously that these things are happening. And then she is better able to make a conscious decision about not being friends with those folks who are using and exhibiting and demonstrating those behaviors. Right? She will make a conscious choice to not do that. She might make a conscious choice to stick around. And that is a conversation as well. But by you taking an active role in teaching her, in acknowledging that these behaviors exist, in letting her know that when she experiences them, here are the ways to address them, that gives her the power in the situation. Now, before I dive into these tips, I want to pause for a moment and take a little tangent right? So um, as I was talking with my friend and listener, I, um, you know, one of the things that she said is I feel so guilty for spending time on myself and not spending time with her. And first of all, mom guilt is like the worst (laughs) guilt, right? Like, and you don't have to be a mom to have mom guilt, right? But like mom guilt is just the thing. It's the worst. It's, it is hard to work through. And yes, right? Like that is what we as women do. We feel guilty for taking care of ourselves. Shame on us. Shame on us. Because if we're not taking care of ourselves, we can't take care of others right? And some of that is we can't recognize how others need to be taken care of if we're not taking care of ourselves and we have a clear mind and a a joy in our heart, right? We just, it's not possible. It's not possible to take care of others. So I want to say to you all, especially if you're like, I don't have time to spend on me, I implore you, you must make time to spend on you, dedicated, committed time, repetitive, consistent time if you have others in your life that depend on you as well, right? So take that time. You are becoming an excellent role model by doing that, by having the conversations, by being able to recognize the things in your younger kiddos in your life. You're able to really be able to understand and help them go through in a way that's very different than if you aren't taking time to commit to yourself and to be um, the best person that you know how to be. The other tangent piece is that this doesn't just apply to girls. Now, I know I said her and I talk about girl bullying and female bullying and how for boys it's different. And it is. It's different, friends. And yet, these conversations have to happen with our young boys as well. These are things that they can also experience as well, especially the online stuff. Especially. Because let's be totally honest. The girl bully can target a male victim. Right? The girl bully can target a male victim. They are not, um, they are not, what's the word I'm looking for, friends? 
they're they're they could be a target as well it doesn't have to be single gendered right like boys only bully boys and girls only bully girls bull crap that is not a thing that is not a thing and from a young age it's so important that we're teaching our boys how to be an advocate for girls when they see it say something i know that that is such a tagline i get it i know that but we are teaching them how to be supportive of girls how to be an advocate for girls and they may not step in directly but if they speak up to someone who will another in the friend group in the peer group if they say something to a teacher or a trusted adult or a coach they are advocating for that girl in that moment during that time so make sure that we are having these conversations with our boys too it's equally as important equally as important as having these conversations with our girls so some tips friends some tips uh this might sound strange but teach her how to be angry teach her how to be angry friends i get mad like i get like straight up real mad real quick sometimes (laughs) The, the fuse can be short however What's important is to reinforce that anger is not bad. Just like conflict is not bad. We have been brought up, especially as girls, especially as women, don't get mad and don't tell people what you think. And I'm going to say, do it anyways, friends. Do it anyways. Get mad. Get appropriately mad. And teach her how to be angry. Teach her how to be angry. What does that mean, Michelle? Good question. I'm glad you asked. Oh, Elise Meyer's there. That was perfect. So one of the ways is tell her to get angry. Give her the tools for de-escalating instead of yelling, right? We do the five-finger breaths um, is something that Mackenzie has learned in school, which works well. Works well with the one who's not in school too, right? Um, But the five-finger breaths work really well. It also um helps to tell them like do you need to take a moment and then come back when you can articulate or tell me what you're feeling and that works sometimes too right allowing them the opportunity to step away from the situation collect their thoughts and come back one of the new things we've started is um we get told no a lot and the no is coming out of anger they're pissed off about something that they do not want to do both of them seven and three and a half they are mad about it when they say no and you can hear it in those two words no so one of the things that we've started doing is you can say no to me if you can give me a good reason why you shouldn't be doing what it is you don't want to do right so uh they don't want to get a shower no okay give me a good reason on why you shouldn't get a shower tonight and if they can come up with a good valid respectable way to tell me then there's a chance they won't have to do what i'm asking them to do shower might have been a bad example right but you you know what i'm saying right so if they can articulate it in whatever age they are it's got to be age appropriate friends if they can articulate it they still might be angry and that's good we want them to be angry but we want them to learn good communication skills here right and we want them to be able to articulate when they're angry so that it can be an acceptable 
and respectable response when they want to articulate why they're angry. Good skill, friend. Good skills. The second tip I have is to encourage and show strength. Right, the encouragement to show strength. When um, one of the things that I love that we do and is having a very subconscious effect on my girls is that when they do something that scares them, so silly. We had Chipotle. It was a request of Mackenzie's. I want Chipotle. She's been wanting Chipotle for like a month probably at this point. I don't even know. So we're like, okay, fine. We're out. We're going to go get Chipotle. And I looked at her and I said, girlfriend, you get a cheese quesadilla every time we go to Chipotle. Why in the world do you want to go to Chipotle? So, you know, and she didn't give me a good answer because, you know, she just likes Chipotle. But um, she... So she got the kids meal with her cheese quesadilla and then she got the rice and the beans and she got some chicken, which she has historically said is too spicy for her, but she ate the chicken, all of it. She tried the black beans, which she would usually say, I don't like them. I don't want them. They taste icky. They're too spicy. Like you name it, whatever. And she ate them and she looked at me and she said, oh, these aren't so bad. So when she does things like that, one of the things that we do is we thank them for being brave. Thank you for being brave, encouraging that strength. That was a little thing, but she saw it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad, right? COVID shots have been a hot topic in our house. Any shots in general, but COVID shots, right? have been a hot topic. They are terrified of needles. And as a child, I was as well. As an adult, I still am a little bit. But terrified. They don't want to do it. They scream bloody murder. Scream bloody murder, friends. It's ridiculous. But every time they show bravery, an act of bravery, no matter how small, an act of strength, we thank them for being brave. It shows them and reminds them that when they're brave, they can do tough things and that, you know, it's okay to do something that scares you. So make sure you're encouraging strength in, in, in them showing strength and bravery. And then I would also encourage you to ask her or ask them what being a good friend looks like to them, right? What does it mean to be a good friend? And have them describe those traits, those skills, those behaviors. And then if they are in a relationship that is more bullying than not, because let's be honest, there's a little bit of bullying in every relationship, manipulation, whatever, um, but if they are in a relationship, then ask them, does Susie exhibit those friendship traits? No, who in your class does? Who in your class does? Right? And so I think that's something that's really important is to ask them to describe a good friend, not a person who is a good friend. What are the skills, traits, behaviors of someone that you would want in your friend circle? So friends, those are my tips. I'm also going to say, do this as an adult, my friends. Do this as an adult. If you are in that space, do this as an adult. Call someone who can help process through some of these tips and tricks with you as well. But this also relies and and applies to the adults as well. So, All right, friends, this week I am done apologizing for showing my friends who are girls, my daughter, my niece, my 
best friend's daughter well whomever i had done apologizing for showing up for them i'm done apologizing for spending time on me this one's for you friends i'm done apologizing for go out have a great week my friends and don't forget to like follow and share on the social medias screenshot share with your friends send it to them in a text message i would love for you to help me spread the word about this podcast also want to remind you about my link tree and your ability to go get some free resources from me request some happy mail request stickers I'll continue to um, expand on some of the stickers that I'm going to offer. So make sure that you go and you check that out. And remember, you're fabulous. You're a badass. You've got this and I'm here for you.